this is Stevie Rochelle from Tough and Metal Sludge, your favorite website. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania podcast. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do lends on. We gonna bang your You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to the Music Mania Podcast. As we wind down summer the right way, right here we have two huge guests coming up on this week's show. As Scorpions guitarist Matthias Yabs will be joining us once again to talk about the band's Crazy World Tour, which comes back to America here in late August, and they've got a few shows here before going off to do some other shows overseas. Matthias is a good friend of the show's. Had him on last year before uh, their initial run of dates here in America, and uh, they had to cancel a few of those dates because Klaus Mine had laryngitis. Um, so I was able to see the show in Chicago, though, last September. It was absolutely unbelievable for a band with a lot of the members nearing 70. Klaus Mine is 70 years old, Rudolf Schenker in his late 60s, and Matthias himself has been in the band since 1978, 40 years of the Scorpions for Matthias. He's been on such acclaimed albums as Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, Blackout, and all the rest, all the way up to Return to Forever, which was in 2015. We're going to talk to them about the tour, why they decided not to call it quits after the 2010 supposed farewell tour, and the legacy of the band, why they are known as hard rock ambassadors. Uh, they were called that by Rolling Stone magazine. It's rock You Like a Hurricane came in at number 18 on VH1's 100 Greatest Hard Rock Songs of All Time. The Scorpions, to me, in my top five, one of the greats, a band that should absolutely be revered as one of the most legendary hard rock acts of all time. And they do. They cross all boundaries. They're a German band, but they have songs you know, with themes of hope, and their lyrics are so positive that they... We're able to have success in all areas of the world. We're going to talk to Matthias about all that and much more. And then, coming up in our second segment, we're going to be talking to guitarist, vocalist, extraordinaire, Monty Pittman is going to be joining us. He formerly played with bands like Prague. He toured with Madonna, recorded with, with Madonna, Adam Lambert, before he joined Queen. Monty Pittman is going to be on, uh, his solo tour is going to be going out with Sebastian Bach uh, this fall. So, guys, Monty Pittman... Great guy. He has just, is uh, as of August 31st, has two new albums coming out. Not one, but two. So be sure to go to metalblade.com slash Monty Pittman to check out uh, his two new albums, which are Between the Space and an acoustic album, Better or Worse. We're going to talk to him about touring with Madonna, Prong, his uh, time working with Adam Lambert, and why... Uh, why do the two albums? Why release two albums at once? It's kind of unprecedented. So, loaded show here on the Music Mania podcast, and we're going to be running it all the way through the summer, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. This is uh, what we do. You guys know all the songs on this show. We tell you the stories, and it's a true pleasure. Uh, definitely hoping to catch the Scorpions on this tour uh, when they hit Dallas in a few weeks. Going to be out there filming for a documentary I'm going to be working on. So, you know, uh, the shows may not be as fast and furious as they were this summer. It's been such a crazy, busy, awesome summer. 
as I'm going to be out working on this documentary for the fall, but still going to have shows, going to be doing the reviews, musicmaniapodcast.com. You can check out all of our archived interviews and reviews. Always appreciate you hitting that subscribe button on iTunes and YouTube. So we always appreciate the interaction, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we go to our interview with Matthias Yabs from the Scorpions, I've got to tell you about our sponsors, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. Guys that buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, memorabilia, and more. Talk to the owner, Randy Ringer. Tell him Music Mania sent you, and we'll give you a discount. Or it's on us, guys, CD Warehouse. Clydestone, Missouri, a staple of the Northland for over 22 years. Matthias, good morning, my friend. How's everything going? Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, Clint? Yeah, it's uh, late afternoon where I am. I'm here in Germany. And good morning to you. Okay, yeah, good morning. You're, you're uh, late afternoon. You're a few, a few hours ahead of us out there in Germany, and you just came off of playing several shows. You guys have been busy this summer. Just played shows in Germany, in France, Poland, Israel. Uh, how have the shows been this summer? I know um, uh, Klaus was dealing with some uh, some uh, laryngitis problems uh, here in America last summer, but the shows have been, it looks like, at least uh, on video, looks like have just been great for you guys. Absolutely. Everything has been wonderful here this summer tour in Europe and um, <clears throat> just finished it. And now we are getting ready to go back to the States and play those shows which we couldn't do last year due to what you just mentioned, Klaus's uh, illness. And uh, and we added two shows, one in Lake Tahoe. Uh, that's uh, We are kicking off a tour there. And another one in uh, California in Irvine. And uh, then we do the shows Phoenix and Dallas and San Antonio and the Florida shows, um, which we couldn't do last year. So it's a short tour, a short trip. It is, but it's so great to have you guys in America, and I know that was a, a short trek uh, last fall, but I got to see the show in Chicago, and I mean, it was absolutely high-octane, one of the best performances uh, I've seen from the Scorpions, it was unbelievable, and this is just this is just a few days before Klaus, uh, you know, ha- announced that he, you know, had had the problems. Talk about Klaus as a singer, because to me, one of the greatest singers uh, in rock history, maybe vastly underrated, but... He battled through this, and to be able to come back just as strong, I mean, it says a lot about him as a singer. I mean, he's really something else, isn't he? Yes. uh, I mean, we changed the policy. For this year, we don't play any uh, back-to-back shows. Because a back-to-back show means, like, if he has to do sing two in a row, for uh, what he has to sing, for his voice, and, you know, the high-pitched stuff, especially from the old songs, um, you know, that's almost impossible to do. Um, and that's, uh, you know, why this tour this year is running smoothly, because he really can recover. And one day is good enough. You know, we play a show, and then the day off is mostly a travel day, but... Still, he doesn't have to sing the following night, and that is really good for him and his voice. And uh, so, you know, we are looking forward to, uh, you know, the upcoming shows because it feels much better being secure. Yes, we can do the show instead of, uh, you know, we might not make it. That's not a good feeling for the rest of the band, too. Certainly, and I, you know, for you personally, Matthias, it's unbelievable. But you've uh, now been in the band for forty years. You joined in nineteen seventy-eight, and here it is, two thousand eighteen. You joined the band before the Scorpions really broke big in America, kind of uh, right before Love Drive and Animal Magnetism. Talk about uh, in your forty years in the band how how important it's been for you guys to to make it big in America. Now, you guys, uh, when I saw you playing a sold-out show in Chicago, all these shows are going to be heavily attended. Just talk about kind of your journey through the Scorpions in forty years and kind of making 
seeing it in America. Yeah, I mean, it's been a fantastic 40 years. They feel much shorter, though, because, you know, my memory goes back to the very, very beginning, our first time ever in the States. We started off the tour being the support band for um, Ted Nugent, the headliner, and ACDC. And uh, the first show before we started the tour was a festival in Cleveland at the Municipal Stadium. Uh, Attention was like uh, 70,000 or something, but we played in the morning, uh, 10.30, very early, and uh, it was already 30,000 people there, and it was like Journey on the Bill, uh, Finn Lizzy, uh, Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, and ACDC also. And uh, it was a great bill, our first show, and we couldn't believe it. And then we went on tour, for six months and really like, you know, once around the entire country. And so that was the very first time for not only me, but for everybody in the band. And uh, that really, you know, helped us to, to learn a lot, first of all, and but also to really come very close together being in the tour bus. Because you don't do that in Europe, you know, the distances are not long enough. You, you can go in a regular car or you fly, but, um, the tour bus is something very special, and we always remember the very beginning, and that's why it doesn't really feel like 40 years. It feels like, you know, much shorter. But throughout the years, a great experience. You know, we've played, uh, I think, something a little more than 80 countries in the world, and uh, we are so popular everywhere, uh, from New Caledonia to uh, Taiwan to, uh, you know, to... Uh, Morocco, and you know, if, apart from the U.S., South America, and Europe, anyway, um, and it's just been um, absolutely fantastic. There was one uh, short period, the second half of the '90s, where you know our type of rock music, classic rock, you could call it, um, <clears throat> wasn't really that attractive to many people from the music industry. They all were looking at at grunge and alternative, and thought this is old-fashioned. But as we can see today, you know, the big rock bands, the older rock bands especially, are the only ones that can fill out stadiums and uh, no one else. That is so true, and that's what makes the Scorpions, I think, a worldwide sensation, is the fact that not only do you have uh, just such sing-along rock hits like Rocky Like a Hurricane, No One Like You, you also have, you know, a, a song um, like Wind of Change, you know, that, that really is a song about hope that binds people together. And do you find that when you go to all these countries that, that your music really is just sort of a universal language for people? I think that's one thing that makes the Scorpion special. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when we played, um, for example, at the pyramids in Egypt, there were people coming from Israel, from Dubai, from Doha, from Jordan, you know, all those Middle East countries, they all came together. Normally, you know, if you believe the news, they are fighting every day, but they all came and we're all in, in our audience together and singing the songs with us, and it was absolutely peaceful. So that was a very good experience. Well, talk about, um, you know, uh, your kind of partnership, uh, and, and I think one of the more underrated guitar tandems in rock, uh, you and, and Rudolf Schenker. Talk about kind of how you guys complement each other. I know he's, you know, he's been around and been doing this so long, and he has, uh, he has a young child, which is unbelievable. It just shows kind of the, he's just yeah, 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 yeah. he's a three year old boy. That's unbelievable. Uh, little, little Richard. <laughs> what, just talk about working with him and what it's like, and kind of because he's always been known as such a wonderful rhythm player. But talk about kind of how yeah. you guys work together. 
Um, <clears throat> I mean, we have a great understanding. We know very, very well, almost in advance, what the other guy is going to do. And if we have a new song, it's pretty, uh, pretty easy to divide the two guitars. You know, he's the mainly the rhythm guitar player. He plays a little solo once in a while in a slower song, but um, basically, it's him playing the basic rhythms. I play, you know, the all the overdubs, the the, the, the fills, the arpeggios, and the solos. And uh, so that's mainly what we are doing. And throughout the many years, you know, uh, we really are like glued together, and we know exactly how to arrange songs uh, guitar-wise. And uh, it works well. We have like no problem at all. I think we are a very good team. No question about it. I want to talk to to you about this because back in November you guys released uh, the the album "Born to Touch Your Soul," which is kind of a collection of ballads. You rearranged some of the songs and just some really well thought out and crafted new versions of some of some of your best ballads. Talk about how important uh, the ballads are to the Scorpions because you'll always be known as a as, as a high octane in your face hard rock band. But these ballads have been important too. These songs have really touched a lot of people and so this album kind of showcased uh, the softer side of the Scorpions so to speak. Yes, I mean the ballads have been extremely important in our career. Um, <clears throat> there was one uh, that was actually before my time even, I think from 1975 or 6, uh, in trance. There was the first song that was like very balladesque and very popular and it's a very good song. And then when we had songs like um, Always Somewhere from Love Drive or especially uh, Still Loving You from Love It First Thing, uh, that song uh, became such a major song in many, many countries in the U.S. as well, but especially over here in France and in Germany and in Italy and, and the rest of the world and Asia as well. Asia loves the ballads. And, um, you know, so when, with Wind of Change to follow and Send Me an Angel, we have some of those very big songs that people are singing all over the world. And uh, I think... That's uh, sort of, you know, a, a trademark for the Scorpions, as well as the Rocky Like a Hurricanes and other rock songs. But I think it's something special because uh, we are one of the very few bands who delivers on a regular basis very, uh, like, deep uh, ballads. You know, if I listen to Stairway to Heaven, that's, to me, the forerunner of all the rock ballads in the world. Uh, you know, that's if you listen to that today, you, you realize what fantastic song that is and but we also have a few that are really great no question. I think that that was one of the highlights of the set. It's kind of the uh, the the acoustic stripped down ballad part of the uh, the set that you guys did in the Crazy World Tour here in America last year. It was in incredible. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, about drummer Mickey D because he's been in the band now for a couple years. I've been a fan of this guy. Uh, of course, he played in Motorhead with uh, with Lemmy for for over twenty years. A hard hitting drummer. He's a heck of a guy. A, kind of a crazy guy, but aren't all drummers are crazy? That just kind of goes along with it. Talk about what Mickey. D D's brought to this band, Matthias. Yeah, and Mickey D, first of all, he's like with us, as you said, like almost two and a half years. <clears throat> and we started out in, in early 16, uh, also in America, together. We rehearsed over here. And he, I must say, he fit right in. We had a great understanding from day one, musically and personally, and he really fits in. He is a, a very good drummer, very reliable and technically extremely good, even though, you know, he plays like very powerful, and he gives us a nice 
like you know extra energy i must say you know if you can rely on the drummer everything is wonderful for the rest of the band and um, he's great he is entertaining he's funny and he's a lovely guy well i thought it was interesting because uh i believe it was a year or two ago uh, rudolph was on with eddie trunk and eddie trunk asked him you know, what's, what's your favorite song to play live? And he said, Rock You Like a Hurricane. He goes, because the audience reaction, every time we play, every time he plays that riff, it just, it is charges him up. What do you, th first off, what, what would you say is your favorite song to play live? And do you agree that an audience reaction is one of the reasons why you would enjoy a specific song over another? Yeah, uh, yeah to be honest, we would not play our set of songs in the rehearsal room. You know, yeah. if you play a song for 35 years, uh, <laughs> you can only do it with an audience that <laughs> enjoys it. You know, we don't play that for us. Uh, so I agree with Rudolf that Rocky Like a Hurricane is one of the favorites. But I, me personally, it would probably be because of the guitars and I like the vocal melody as well. No One Like You is my favorite song of the Scorpions. And, um, you know, so we don't play that everywhere. Uh, because it's very hard to sing, but uh, usually we play it in America because it's such a big song. I think it was the most played song on rock radio in 1982 when it came out. Yeah. But that also gets a, like an amazing audience reaction. So many of your songs do. It's just uh, the Scorpions are an endearing band, and this uh, this will carry on and live on. We should also mention that on this uh, tour here in America coming up with these dates, which starts August 31st uh, in Lake Tahoe, you're going to bring out uh, Queensryche with you guys. So talk about uh, about bringing out Queensryche and maybe uh, some of the times you've crossed paths with them over the years. I know you guys have, have crossed paths with them at least a few times over the years. Yes, yeah, Queensryche is a great band, and uh, we really get along well. It's it's important if you are uh, like touring with a package that you know the musicians understand each other, and they are very nice guys. We toured with them uh, last uh, like two years ago, I believe. And meanwhile, they have a new album out, which is great because then they can offer a new set of songs. And uh, so I'm looking forward to meet them again and uh, listen to what they you know have in the box now. Yeah, they're a, they're they're a great band as well, and uh, we look forward to to all this, Matthias. And I tell you, it's just it's always such a pleasure to 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 have the Scorpions here in America. And I know after you do these run of dates, you guys are going to head to Australia, and New Zealand for a few shows in November. Yeah. And then I guess I got to ask the question: After that, what uh, what can we expect from you guys in 2019 and beyond, my friend? We are, you know, for a long time we thought, ah, you know, it's probably not worth it making a new album. But lately. People are approaching us, producers, labels, and, you know, everything we, where we thought, mm, maybe it's not worth it anymore. But uh, so meanwhile, you know, the spirit comes up again that we might do a new album next year. And, you know, the agencies and promoters, they are, you know, calling us anyway. So we have plans for 2019 in terms of touring, that's for sure. And I think we're going to do something uh, new musically and go back to the studio as well. Oh, that's tremendous because, you know, I think Return to Forever is, uh, it is, it's one of my favorite Scorpions album. I, th I thought you guys really captured, uh, captured the spirit, captured what, you know, you guys were kind of feeling at the time and it was, is, is the success of that album kind of one of the reasons that make you, you want to do this? Because you guys played several songs uh, off Return to Forever and still do, on the, uh, you know, at least did on this last U.S. run. Those songs were really good, and, and you have to be really proud of what you did with that album as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great album. There are plenty of songs, great songs. And as you said, we play a few live, like uh, Going Out With A Bang or We Built This House On A Rock. That is, Those are great songs that fit right in with the classic Scorpion songs, even though, you know, they have a bit of a modern touch to them, but uh, <clears throat> they really fit well into the song and set list. Well, you know, Matthias, before we let you go, you know, we... Um Back in 2010, of course, uh, it looked like it could be the end of the road for the Scorpions. You guys uh, embarked on a farewell tour, and you'd see, you know, obviously had so much more to offer. Um, and as 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 you guys get older, as you know, we lose so many members from bands. Uh, the last couple of years have just been terrible, losing you know guys like Lemmy. You've just had so many deaths in in, in rock, and, and you know it's, it's it shows you your heroes aren't going to last forever. But you guys are still going at this. How, what do you feel like the legacy of the Scorpions is going to be kind of going forward? Well, first of all, it feels great that, uh, you know, we can still do it um, and uh, tour the world and have a lot of fun and a lot of people uh, coming to see us. Um, when we announced the farewell tour in 2010, uh, we were serious about it, but I'm glad, you know, we all decided different. It was, by the way, it was a management idea. It wasn't really a band's idea. We were wondering and asking each other <laughs> who came up with that idea. And nobody <laughs> was responsible. So, you know, but we thought it might be a good idea. You know, World Tour takes like two and a half years and then, you know, everybody's old enough. And But, you know, eight years later, we are talking about 2019 now and uh, maybe beyond and you know, and you know and we're having the the best fun on tour uh, the shows are almost going better than ever and so i'm so glad we we kept going and now you know since everybody uh, Klaus and Rudolf are 70 now and um, you know uh, uh, you don't see it, you don't feel it, and so if we have fun, why should we not go on? And we have plans for next year, and you know, and we are really enjoying it. So I'm glad we made the right decision. Uh, definitely the right decision, Matthias. And I tell you what, we can't thank you enough for joining us uh, today from Germany, and we can't wait to see you. I'm gonna gonna actually catch you in Dallas. That's going to be September 9th, and uh, the tour starts August 31st uh, in Lake Tahoe. So everybody go um, to check out that at thescorpionsband.com. You can check out all the dates. Matthias, we can't thank you enough for joining us, my friend. We will see you in Dallas, and uh, you know, have, have you know, we're going to be watching. Have some great shows, my friend. Can't thank you enough for your hospitality, man. You guys are the best. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Clint, and see you all on tour. You betcha. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Big thanks to Matthias for joining us all the way from Germany before the band heads uh, to Lake Tahoe for their first show August 31st here in America. Again, like I said, going to be checking the band out September uh, 9th, I believe, in Dallas, Texas. I am an unabashed Scorpions fan. Um, everything they've done, I think that they're one of the most unheralded bands in, in, in rock history, but... To me, what they've done with you know the, just the hits in America, they had a whole life as this amazing hard rock band in Germany before anyone ever saw them in America. With you know Michael Schenker as a part of the fold, with Uli John Roth as part of the fold, and that is uh, about the time Matthias joined in 1978 uh, in time to work on the Love Drive album, which kind of was their entry into America, as we talked about. Guys, thanks so much for for checking that out. I Matthias is one of the more down to earth. Just nice guys, and the Scorpions are all that way. I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, all the guys and just absolutely love them and, and everything they've done. And that's going to transition us now to talk to Monty Pittman. He has 
Two albums coming up here. They are due out August 31st through Metal Blade Records. That is Between the Space and the Acoustic Album, Better or Worse. Uh, Monty, man, this is a, a true pleasure having you on, man. How's everything going? Everything's good with me. Uh, where are you located? We are in Kansas City, so we will see you here in uh, okay. in October with Sebastian Bach, man. So looking forward to that. I was gonna, uh, that's gonna be great. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna start with the new albums, but you, you know, you, you you talk about this. I'm so excited about this tour with Sebastian, no, man, and it and it kicks I'm off so here. Wait, you, sorry, say that again. Are you uh, this tour, Sebastian Bachman? It kicks off here uh, in in just a few days, and it's going all the way through through uh, through the fall, man, through October, so uh, through November, I think. So this is this is a big deal, man. Sebastian, one of my favorites of all time. This is going to be a great tour, and it gets kicked off here in just a few days. So I, for me, it's September twenty fourth through November third, and um, yeah, what a, what an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, to be able to do this. My band is Jerry Montano on bass and John Deddy on drums. If you know those guys, Jerry played bass for Danzig and yep. Hell Yeah. John Deddy played drums for Slayer, Anthrax, and Testament. <laughs> That's some heavy hitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, looking forward to playing with these guys. And Kansas City is always such a great, you know, always have such a great time there. It, it is, and it, it, looking so much forward to it, and I think, uh, you know, I'm going to be traveling around the country this fall. I think I'm going to catch the show out in Columbia, South Carolina as well. Just uh, happens to line up with some of my travel plans, so hoping to catch you catch at least a couple times, man. And um, a tour like this with, with Sebastian Bach, who, to me, you know, is uh, one of the great voices in, in hard rock and, uh, you know, from what he's done with Skid Row, from his solo stuff, his solo band is awesome. You know, Brent Woods is a good friend of the show, uh, his, his guitar player. And going out there and doing these dates, I mean, have you ever crossed paths, paths uh, with Sebastian before? Like, kind of, what's uh, what's your history with him, if, if, and how did you kind of get, get get on this gig, man? Yeah, I, well, ironically, it's two different things. Yeah, me and Sebastian are buddies. Um, I had just been over uh, he, you know, to his birthday party, and... Uh, then I was submitted uh, for this gig, you know, just you know, about a week after that. It wasn't even related. Uh, it was completely different. Um, it was, um, you know, I was uh, asked about do you know, hey, would you, get, you know, I got submitted to uh, to open for Sebastian. I was like, well, yeah, I was just hanging out with him. That would be great, and uh, <laughs> and got it. So that that was great. That was really um, really cool. And I'm good friends with Brent too. So uh, this this is going to be the whole tour is going to be amazing. There's a band called One Bad Son that's opening, also, and um, they're great guys too, great bands. So it's going to be an amazing time. Um, at first, my first interaction with Sebastian was he was really supportive with my my third album, which was the first Metal Blade album, The Power of Three. And we actually, we wound up doing a podcast, a live podcast with Jim Florentine and Don Jameson. Yes. And that's how it, um, that's how we first, uh, that's how we first met. That's so cool. And uh, so much looking forward to that. But my goodness, this is a, this is a big month for you here. And uh, just uh, next week, you're going to be releasing not one, but two albums, which this is uh, almost unprecedented, really. This is really cool. Uh, you've got Between the Space coming out, and you've got uh, an acoustic album, Better or Worse. And let me just say this, first of all, before we get into the albums. 
um, better or worse is an acoustic album, but it is it is the heaviest acoustic album I've ever heard. So it, it, that was the idea, right? Yeah. So kind of talk about these two. Why doing two of them? How did this all kind of come about? Uh, well, I wanted uh, I have you know I've I've my first album that I did that I ever did as a solo artist was an acoustic album, and then as things progressed, you know, I kind of went back to my. You know, I, I was able to to build it up in a way to where then I could play heavy music as a solo artist, and that's what got me signed to Metal Blade. And now, when it came time to do the next album, uh, I had a conversation with Brian Slagle about the, you know, there's people who like my acoustic music, there's people who like my heavy music, there's people who like both, there's people who only like my acoustic music, there's people who only like my heavy music. And it, it, you know, I, it'd be great to have something for everyone, as as always. And I had you know some acoustic songs. I had some heavy songs. I said, well, what if I did two different albums at, at once? And he said, you could do that. I said, yeah. He goes, okay, sure. And um, and, and I also thought, like what you said, I don't know if, if anyone has ever done that before put out two different albums people have released double albums and companion albums but not two you know completely different albums at, at once so um I, I always love that sort of uncharted territory of doing something different and that's been one of the reasons or sort of a, a, a not necessarily a maybe not a secret to success but a secret to survival Absolutely. And, um, you know, like just coming up with something new, uh, or a new, a new idea, a new way of doing things. So, um, and, you know, sometimes I only can play acoustic. Sometimes you only have the means to do an acoustic show. Uh, last year, I would travel and uh, go do, I, I would go kind of not really on tour, but just do weekend shows every other week, every other, um, every other week in a month. And I would start out acoustic, and then that would segue into my heavy songs, and I would use the, the drums and the bass from my albums as my backing tracks. Um, kind of like if you go to the NAM show, you see people sure. uh, do performances like that, but actually making it into a show. And I, and I played a party uh, you know, down the street, just at a friend's place. And... Uh, they were like, hey, you know, you should do shows like this. And so then I was like, okay, I'll, that's that's an interesting idea in itself. Again, you know, I don't know who does that. And uh, then I, I played a couple of smaller shows, and it went over really well. And I and this was a way I could just travel and go play because you don't always have, you know, now I have Jerry Montano and John Deddy, but I didn't yeah. <laughs> last year. <laughs> so. Um, and that way you have you know some so for doing better or worse that way I have some new acoustic music and also when you do play acoustically uh, everything seems to be you know you don't have a lot of fast up tempo acoustic songs or usually that's not the case um, so I wanted to write some songs like that or, you know it's always like writing the songs you that you need for your set that's that's Certainly. how it all I care about. Well, Talk about this because Monty, you you wrote these albums, you played every instrument, you mixed, you produced, you were, you did all these things. Talk about that process in and of itself because you know it, 
talk about going full hands on and, and really just being in control of, of your vision and your, you know, and what you're looking for, for these albums. Like talk about just the, the rigors of, of taking on all those roles. And, but then also how, how, uh, how great it must feel once you've completed it. It's, it's literally all in all you, all in your vision. Well, I, um, on, on, well, kind of looking back on the on the previous albums on Inverted Grasp of Balance, I recorded all of my guitars and I recorded all my bass. And Jay Rustin did the vocals; he mixed it. Um, and Richie Richard Christie did the drums, and then Billy Sheehan played drum. I mean, uh, played bass on uh, some of the other songs. So that was sort of a a, a first step into doing this. And I've learned so much from the other producers I've worked with, with, with Jane Rasmussen, with Noah Shane, who did my second album, John Armstrong, who did my first album. And you, you learn something from each person, and I've just sort of put that all into what I'm doing now. And I've been, you know, I've um, been producing things for other people too, and I did, it's you know, I started out from from doing between the space. I went to my friend's studio and I recorded the drums. And I thought maybe I'll record this and then give it to someone to play, or maybe it's, it'll just sort of be the first step. And uh, I, I liked how it came out. I was like, you know, this is all I need. And that's sort of the missing piece of the puzzle for me is being able to record drums because I I know how to record vocals. I, I, know how to record guitars, know how to record bass. And um, as far as mixing, you know, I, I treat mixing like setting up a guitar amp. You just get that perfect sound. Yeah. <laughs> perfect sound yeah. with everything of how you want it or how you, you set your stereo, how you want it to sound. And so that's, the, you know, that's how it kind of happened. The, the luxury of that is that you can work whenever you want. When you're inspired to record something, you can just start recording. You don't have to work on a guitar part and say, and, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> you don't have to work on a guitar part and then in two weeks you're going to go record for real. When you, this album, by the way, these both, both of these albums come out here on uh, August 31st here. So, that it's available you, right now. You can go to metalblade.com slash Monty Pittman to pre-order them. And they're both available both in physical and digital copies, right? So kind of running the gambit, getting them getting yes. them out there in every means possible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, so, so going back real quick, uh, the, you know, a real, the best thing about doing this all yourself is you can work whenever you want. And if I felt like recording vocals, I could record vocals. If I felt like recording guitars, I could record guitars right then and there. The other side of that is I do like having a, a producer who I can kind of work against, who's going to give me other ideas. Um, you know, so you can have a little bit of the creative process, a little bit of a debate about things. But luckily I could send, you know, I would play some of these songs for my closest friends and they would give me their input. So that, that really helped. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I just find that fascinating. I find it wonderful, especially because, you know, you have been a part of uh, you've worked with so many artists. I mean, uh, with Madonna, with Prong, you now being able what, how, what kind of what's the difference for you personally? Uh, you're out there with Madonna, you're playing, you know, Material Girl and you're playing In Vogue. 
year with Prong and a great, well-respected band. And then when it comes to you, it's just it's 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 your thing. You know, I was watching the movie Hired Gun recently on Netflix, which is kind of it got me thinking about you because uh, you know you saw like Jason Hook who played with Mandy Moore, uh, Nita Strauss, you know the people that play with uh, you know Alice Cooper's band stuff like that. Does the personal grat is it more personally gratifying for you to be able to do an album like this? Or is it like you think about, man, you're on stage with Madonna and, you know, 20,000 people. Kind of where's the personal gratification uh, in, in all of that for you? Oh, no, I was, I, I, well, for all of it. But if I had to pick one, that, doing it myself. Yeah. You know, that was, um, that's what I set out to do. When I, I, I grew up in Texas and when I moved to L.A. at the end of 99, it was to start a band, join a band, um, whatever I could do to play music professionally and it just so happened that i you know i joined prong and then right after prong i started teaching madonna guitar lessons and then i started playing guitar for her and i would just go back and forth between the two and um yeah i think having you know with my albums i can do whatever i want anything i want um that's the great thing with Metal Blade also is they're so supportive. <clears throat> so like right now, being able to release a heavy album and an acoustic album all at once. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you've, you've, you look at your career and, and the things you've done. And I mean, there, there's not a lot of um, artists like you that really, you know, that have the musicianship that, uh, you know, that, rely so heavily on not only your guitar playing abilities, but your songwriting, your vocals. I mean, what, where does kind of your influence, your style come from? Because there's not a lot of artists that kind of, that kind of do it the way you do it. That, that's always changing. Um, some of the artists that I, that I look at, like kind of the artists that if you could model your career after this person or that person, I used to say Jimmy Page, where Jimmy Page took all of the uh, musicians that he had been working with and that's how he started Led Zeppelin. Um, I think the story is, you know, like from, you know, doing studio work and just whatever kind of gigs he would do. That's how he found John Paul Jones and, and then John Bonham and Robert Plant, who's, uh, who's by the way, who's 70 today. Yeah, that's so, right. That's insane. If uh, if Robert Plant's listening, happy birthday. I hope he is. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Steve Vai is another person who's a big influence. And, you know, he, you know, he, he, he went on to play with his favorite band, with Frank Zappa, or one of his favorites. And that's how it was with me and Prong. You know, Prong was one of my favorite bands. And I joined them. And then Steve, I had, you know, David Lee Roth, White Snake. You know, he's played with a, a few different people, but then he did his own solo thing. And he, and he does things his way. <clears throat> he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. That... If he wants to uh, write a, you know, a, a heavy album, if he wanted to do a, a jazz album, if he wanted to do something with an orchestra, he could do all of those things. Uh, you know, another one who is a, was a huge... Well, I mean, huge influence is Chris Cornell mm-hmm. and how, you know, one of the most amazing voices and he could play guitar. Great, uh, great songwriter, had an amazing band that, you know, not just an amazing band, but an amazing band that defined a certain genre of music. 
and also had amazing side project bands. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely yes, and that's you can hear some of that. I mean, I think especially um, you know when you look at some of the work you've done, especially you know. I, I hadn't thought about it, but when you look at, uh, you know, between the space and especially a video for like ev uh, evidence, I just checked that out. And like, you kind of hear some of that, like you hear like the, the guitar tone is so heavy and that like, you just have the, I mean, of course, Chris Cornell's voice is so distinct and stuff like that, but you just, I, I you know, you hear a lot of different, a lot of different bands, a lot of different styles in your, in your music. And I think that's really interesting. And, you know, you've worked with a lot of people. I mean, you've worked with like a guy like Adam Lambert and, you know, coming from American Idol and singing with Queen. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's, that's insane. You know, you know, uh, you know Adam helped me out with, um, with, with some of that, some of getting here also, because Adam and I had a band together. Adam had never, Adam had never been sang in a band before. He had just done theater stuff. Wow. And we met, and and I was like, "Hey, I'm starting up a band. Have you ever thought about playing in a band?" He's like, "Yeah, I kind of been thinking about something like that." And so we started a band, and then I got Tommy Victor from Prong to play bass because he wanted me to play bass in Prong because I felt like my time with Prong like it was too crazy going back and forth between Madonna and Prong. And yeah. We, we would have a tour book, but then Madonna would do something, so then I couldn't do it. And it was just it, too much. You know, Pong deserves to have someone who can always be there, and that's why that song. But then I did come back, and I played bass for a little bit. And uh, so, for, for you know, for... You know, I would play bass in Prong, and Tommy was going to play bass in my band with Adam. And then Steve Sedelnik, Madonna's drummer, was going to play drums. So we kind of had this, um, <clears throat> almost like a super group yeah. in a way of different people that I knew. And then I went on. Uh, I went on tour with Madonna. Tommy went on tour with Ministry, and well, Steve went on on tour with Madonna with me. And then Adam was with Wicked, the touring, uh, you know, the, the touring version of Wicked. So he would go on tour doing that. And so when I came back, he had said he was going to. Um, he went to go try out on American Idol. Not going to get it, but hopefully it'll help our band and. I'm like, um, you, you know, you may win that thing. <laughs> and, um, and he's like, no, they're, they're going to find out I'm gay and kick me off. I was like, I don't know if they're going to care. Um, nope. <laughs> uh, I don't think we got, but, uh, so, so when he went on American Idol, then, um, I was like, okay, well, I lost my singer. And so I kind of went back to, you know, starting up my own band again. And I just started playing out acoustically. And that's how that kind of started. And then after American Idol, he went on tour, and so I, I, then I, then I became his guitar player, and uh, did the tour with him. And then after that, he had Queen. Yeah. So side note: seeing that is <laughs> uh, is amazing. I'm very proud of him, and um, it, it's and been an interesting thing to watch. Is it? Is it and, not? It, to me, it's the hardest gig to to pull off in in music. Um, and he and he's done it admirably. That says yeah. <laughs> What's weird is seeing how the fame changes so many people around you. Like people will come up with all of this, like oh they're fighting and they're mad at each other and all this. And I was like, hey, everything everything cool? It's like yeah. Like okay. <laughs> it's like other people make up these sort of stories and just elaborate all of these things. And it's and then 
you know, all the new friends, kind of like, you know, when, when things uh, like that change a person or, you know, when they, it, there's a lot, they have a lot more people who are like, Oh yeah, we were best friends. We grew up together. Oh, we used to go out with each other. That, that sort of thing kind of changes. Like, Oh, I didn't remember it that way, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, it's, uh, we got to bring this up because, uh, Madonna just turned 60 the other day, yeah. which is unbelievable. Um, numerous albums, tours, uh, with, with Madonna, um, MTV video music awards, live eight, uh, Grammys, live earth. Um, talk about this time in your life and, and what it was like, not only working with her, but just uh, a personal journey for you. It had to feel surreal at times and just kind of how you guys got along, what that, what that's been like for you. Um, it, it's one of those things you look back on it and sometimes I don't even think about it until like being, you know, when you ask a question, like what you're, what you're asking, mm-hmm. then it's like, Oh wow. Yeah, we did this. We did that. Um, and she's so super cool. So supportive. Uh, she even sells my CD at her shows. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's so, um, wasn't so for the next one i'll have two cds for to sell but yeah <laughs> yeah that's complicate things a bit that's all <laughs> hey this time can we what if i release two albums at once um uh i first met her when i started giving her guitar lessons and we became friends and so i wasn't like you know scared of her <laughs> or i wasn't like freaking out because it was madonna and i didn't really uh that wasn't you know my type of music to listen to growing up sure so meeting her then it kind of well i started learning her songs to teach to her because i thought that would be something that she would know that i could teach her because i I teach guitar lessons i teach online too i've got you know students all over which you know i could teach just like this but how we're talking but with with the video and then i could just email you the lesson but for her you know, I would start teaching her her songs, and that's how everything happened. And that's how I started getting into her music. And a lot of her music is, well, I'm sure it's, some, I'm sure it's the same with other types of pop music, but it's all, it almost works like classical music, like less is more. Yeah. And you, you just play one component of that chord or of those, of those notes. You don't play everything. You kind of let, you kind of... Um, you share all those notes with all the rest of the the band or whatever's coming up with that music. So a lot of you know I've learned so much about her. I think the the, the or I mean from working with her. Uh, one of the one of the best lessons is um, paying attention to details. When we rehearse for a tour, we'll rehearse fourteen hours a day. Even for even if it's not a tour, we did a charity event for. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, charity that he has for 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 climate change, and we we rehearsed fourteen hours a day for that. Wow! And that's we just played like four or five songs. There's a there's a lot of work that goes into it, and it makes you such a better player. Well, you rehearse it so much, you don't even have to think about it. 
Yeah. So. What what a, what an experience. What a career, Monty. I tell you, we look so much forward to seeing you out on the road with uh, Sebastian Bach. This is uh, this is great for you. So happy for you releasing these two albums. You can go to metalblade.com slash Monty Pittman to get them. I think your website is coming. It's moneypittman.com, but it's under construction. It's about to come back, but you can get also yeah, at Monty. Yeah, hopefully it'll be back up by this weekend. Um Ileana, my webmaster, she's uh, been working really hard on it, and I was just going over going over it with her yesterday. It looks so incredible. I'm so Sweet. blown away. So happy. Absolutely. And uh, at Monty Pittman on Twitter, you can get all the information there as well. Monty, what, uh, can't, can't, I just can't tell you how um, great it was for us to speak with you, and we will catch you here uh, out in the rock and roll stratosphere on this Sebastian Bach tour, man. Best of luck with yes, everything, absolutely. my friend. We'll, we'll talk Maybe, soon, my I friend. We'll have more to talk about. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, let's do it again. We'll, we are always in contact with uh, the great people at Metal Blade. And I'd, anytime, man. Let's do it again. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thanks a lot, Monty. Appreciate it. Two great interviews on what was a very memorable show here on the Music Mania Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed both interviews. Guys, we like to bring you as much of these kind of stories, as much as these kind of interviews as possible. So kind of starting to to pair them up a little bit, load uh, two interviews onto one show. Uh, Typically, it always done just one interview per show. But, you know, people said the the show's kind of short when there's just one interview. We like to hear more. So starting to make them a little longer, getting a little more, a couple interviews on, on each one if possible. So, guys, we can't thank you enough for for joining us. I hope you've had just an amazing summer. Hope you got out there, enjoyed some live shows, enjoyed your friends, some cold beverages, and just uh, enjoyed every bit of it because that's what the summer's all about. And now we transition into fall football season, and I'm all about that too. So we're going to hit the ground running here at the Music Mania podcast. Uh, never never an off day. We keep this going. So we hope you'll stay with us all the way through the fall and winter time. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will be back next week, as always, right here on the Music Mania podcast.